Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, we've got some news today. The schedule dropped, well, parts of the schedule, some marquee matchups anyway, we are at least aware of. So we're definitely going to get to those a little bit later. And then we also have uh, a Brooke Lopez question from the mailbag. We're going to continue to work through these questions. We know we've had some good ones. Of course, uh, you can. Uh, get uh, me on Twitter at Kane Pittman or the email lockedonbucks at gmail.com. We're going to work through them. We've obviously got a few weeks here uh, of the off-season, of a shortened off-season to get through. So we'll get to the schedule in just a little bit, uh, Frank. But I, I did want to mention, I got a message, I got a DM in the last hour um, that we we're recording this, and it was from a listener. And I won't say who it was because I, I don't know whether they would want me to even do this, but it was a note just saying that... Uh, this this listener's father passed away yesterday and it was just a note saying uh really enjoy the show i listen uh, every day my father used to listen every day as well and uh thank you for for doing the show so i i wanted to say firstly to this listener that is that may or may not hear this that hopefully they're taking care hopefully uh, their family uh are doing okay as well i really appreciated the note and frank it's it's a reminder i mean i do this podcast this helps me distract myself from other things i know you really enjoy doing it but the listeners are the same thing that's why i listen to some of the other podcasts as well and it's um especially at the moment when there's a lot of a lot of shit going on um it's it's a reminder man people people like listening to the show we love doing the show and it's nice uh it's nice when you hear people say that it has helped them with with certain things yeah and i mean um you know i think most people listen regularly know um you know i i, I went to the game six closeout game with my dad and um you know that was a really big part about why um i think the bucks winning a championship was so meaningful just because of uh the fact that 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 was just something you know we literally bonded over the course of 30 years and um you know whether it's your with a parent with a sibling grandparent you know family friend whatever it might be right um i think that's that's how kind of sports can be uh really special and transformative beyond, you know, just kind of the way that, you know, people justifiably say, Oh, it's just cheering for laundry. Right. You know, um, or, or cheering for millionaires and et cetera. And, and that is absolutely correct. Um, but I think, you know, one of the beautiful things about it is, is how, you know, we, we each in our own ways sort of, um, bring meaning to it through, through very real relationships. And so, um, definitely thinking about, uh, you know, the um the person that you that you mentioned and um I, I had a similar conversation with someone else after I, I tweeted out the picture of my dad and I at uh, game six and you know my my dad's 81 years old um he's still really active but you know his his he's had some issues with balance recently and so I, I can't remember if we talked about it on the pod but um but you know he he was kind of a game time literally a game time decision as to whether or not he was actually going to go and um 
you know, is especially in the upper deck of Fiserv, uh, you know, so the, the stairwells can be a little steep. It's not really great. I mean, the huge crowds, everything like that, it's really not great if, if you're, if you have some balance issues, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things we just said, we, we got to make it work. And he was obviously very, very thankful that he was able to, that he, that he made the trip. And, um, I, I talked to somebody else who saw it and, you know, their, their father passed away this spring and, you know, kind of had a similar story about, um, you know, sort of the relationship they had and how, you know, the bucks and, and basketball were, were an important part of that, you know, that kind of the bond and, it kind of was woven into the fabric of kind of what they did, you know, talking about the box, watching games, things like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I didn't expect this to take kind of a, a heavy direction, but um, again, it's just a, any, if, if we can ever provide any, any type of uh, a distraction from those things or a means of, you know, making people feel a little bit more connected um, with the people around you, that's obviously a, the best possible thing we can do so um so yeah L- love you guys appreciate uh appreciate these kinds of notes that's what kind of keeps us going absolutely and I, I guess the main point for everyone just uh take care out there at the moment like i said there is a lot going on and i did sort of throw you at the at, throw that at you frank that message just came through and i thought i really wanted to mention it but the thing we we're going to start this podcast with and i guess what we'll roll into now is the schedule now i I brought this up with Justin a couple of days ago and he said, look, I, I believe the schedule is coming here in, in the next couple of days. Uh, we have seen it come through and we'll start with the big one, the, the ring ceremony. The Bucks are going to be playing the Nets at Fiserv Forum, which is going to be one hell of a game, first of all, but obviously for the very obvious reasons with the batter and the rings, it's going to be an incredible experience for all Bucks fans that are able to get there. So the home opener... October 19, it's on TNT, 6.30 p.m., Bucks and Nets. Doesn't get much better than that, Frank. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think I can remember back to uh, one of the games on the Heat. I think it was during, um, after one of the two Heat championships with LeBron, and I think they played the Bulls oh, at, in their ring ceremony game. Yeah, and they just got, like, <laughs> wiped by, like, you know, 30-plus points. And, um, and after that, I was kind of like, man, how can they? How can they get wiped like that? Like on a night when they should be all fired up about their like, you know, the trophy and all that stuff and the banner raising. Um, and I think that's it's a surprisingly um, familiar thing to have happened. That I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the psychology is. But you know, the 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 letdown of having to play a game after you know you you get the payoff of the previous season's championship with the banner going up and the rings and all that. Um, it doesn't seem to be an uncommon thing to happen. So. Um, hopefully the Bucks can avoid that because on the one hand, you know, like whatever, the regular season has never meant less to probably Bucks fans than, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I think I'm getting out of myself. I immediately thought back to, you know, the 15 win season um, in 2013 and, and okay, the, that, that regular season did, did, did mean less, but in the grand scheme of, you know, good Bucks teams and how much we're sort of, um, getting wrapped up in the regular season. I'm, I'm sure Bucks fans will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all still get wrapped up in, in the night to night wins and losses, but, uh, but certainly relative to previous seasons, um, I'd say there, there will be less stress about it. Um, but that said, I think if there's any game that you want to win this season, it's going to be games against the Nets, not only because they are the, you know, presumptive, 
favorites uh, in Vegas and elsewhere for the next NBA championship. But because of the obvious narrative, the obvious storyline about the Bucs having beaten them in seven games, but well, you didn't play them at their, you know, when they're at their strongest. So, um, you know, if, if they had been healthy, uh, they would have won. So, you know, not, not that, you know, I, 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 we don't really talk much about asterisks. I mean, there really, there is no such thing as asterisks on NBA titles in, in the record books. It's not like that's really a thing. It's really just kind of a thing we talk about because, you know, morning sports talk shows need somebody to think to talk about, but, um, but of course, I, I think I think the Nets are are the one opponent that you would really like to beat, uh, especially on opening night, just because it would be a cool statement to make. Um, cosmically, not very important, <laughs> you know. Like it's not going to really mean anything come come playoff time when the actual games that matter are going to happen. But um, but I think as far as you know, early season games go, um, that one will have some meaning just because of the symbolism behind it, and because yeah, it would be great to to beat the Nets uh, at full strength. And again, maybe I'm being presumptive saying that the Nets will be at full strength because who knows, uh, lots of time for James Harden to, you know, pull a hamstring or, um, you know, whatever else, uh, whatever other injuries you can, can, uh, incur in a strip club or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but, but yeah, that, that, that's a game that I think is a little bit different than, than pretty much any other early season game. Cause not only is it ring night, banner raising night um it's also a chance to to you know make a little bit of a statement for the talking heads and and for yourselves maybe a little bit that um you know just because the nets are are healthier than they were last spring that uh that you're you're the champs so so yeah i think it 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 you know it it has some 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 meaning you know if, if we're gonna put any value into this into the regular season at all um it might as well be that game all right let's get back to talking about our great friends over at Sweatblock. And in particular, we are discussing the Sweatblock wipes, which you've heard me talk about over the last couple of days if you listen to the show. But the Sweatblock wipes are doctor-created and doctor-recommended. They work for up to seven days per use, and there is a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back because we know there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. You know when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? So we've all been there before. And with Sweatblock, it's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. So you can get involved. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On, or at Amazon and CVS. And then we can talk about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It's as quiet as an electric toothbrush, whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody, that's T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. It's 
it's not lost on me that, and I saw multiple people mentioning this on Twitter, that James Harden, I mean, I don't know if he's even going to fly to Milwaukee or it might be too much for him <laughs> to bear to watch Giannis get a ring and have the, the banner lifted. So I think that's pretty cool that James Harden's going to have to live through that. I'll certainly enjoy that. And also, uh, Thanasis being there, I just wonder how crazy he's going to go. I mean, he missed out on game six. He might just go absolutely mental uh, during this ceremony. But you're right. Um, I, I think it's a night that, for most fans, it's not going to matter whether they win or lose in terms of ruining the experience of seeing the banner go up. But uh, it would be the, the nice little icing on the cake if they could pick up a win, particularly against a team that, uh, as you pointed to, a lot of people are favouring uh, to go through to the finals and potentially win a championship. Obviously, there's a little bit of a rivalry that's going to continue there from what we saw uh, in the postseason last year. And, and altogether, really, the games that these teams played during the regular season were just highly, highly entertaining. So I, I would expect a pretty good game that we're going to see as well. So it's going to be fun. The other piece of the puzzle, and there's a, there's a few other dates that we'll go through, but the other piece of the puzzle is Bucks and Celtics on Christmas Day at Fiserv Forum, which I personally think is awesome. I mean, I didn't think there was any doubt the Bucks were going to get a Christmas Day game, but... Last year, they had the Warriors at Fiserv, first Christmas game in whatever it was, 48 years, however long it had been, but there was no fans. So this is also pretty cool. Again, a bit of a rivalry team, even though the Celtics obviously dropped off last year, but they've had playoff series matches, matches uh, matched up together a number of times, generally pretty close games. And this time, the fans will be able to be there. Man, does, how long ago does that Warriors game feel? Like, oh that, that feels like, I mean... I don't know. Last last Christmas doesn't feel that long ago, but that get game feels like it was you know three years ago. Um, that feels like an eternity ago. And remember, remember James Wiseman looked really good in that game, and Giannis <laughs> really struggled, and the Bucks hit a bunch of threes, and um, it really wasn't wasn't competitive. And as you said, it was just weird because um, due to the bubble and the shortened off season and everything, we we started on Christmas, you know. So it was very very weird in that sense. Whereas this year, obviously, uh, we'll have had basically a couple months of NBA basketball to kind of get get ready for uh, for for the Christmas Day game, and I'll say this: um, <clears throat> I know there was some commentary about you know feeling like oh they should have given us Bucks Suns on Christmas Day, you know, as a, a, re- a rematch of the finals. Sure, that would have been cool. I mean, that would have been cooler than you know Bucks Celtics. Um, but part of me is also like um, I, my general philosophy on Christmas. You know, let's look at back at recent history. Bucks crushed the Knicks. Uh, what was it three years ago? Right, uh, pretty low low intensity game because the Knicks sucked. Bucks were very good. Um, they were there. Those I still like those jerseys they wore that game. Those were like the oh yeah, awesome. they only wore like three or four times. Right, the the kind of ones that looked a little bit like the Mecca jerseys, but were you know a more normal color scheme. Um, that was a fun game. Early afternoon game. You know. Took, took, took the tension out of Christmas Day. Very enjoyable. Philadelphia game the next year, woof. Probably the worst game they played all year, maybe. Um, and to do it on Christmas, Giannis sucked. You know, might have been in banged up. You know, it was, it was hey, the, the Sixers won their Christmas championship, right? That's the biggest thing that the Sixers have won since 83 or whenever they won the actual NBA title, right? Christmas champions of uh, 2019 or whatever that was. Um, so that sucked. Uh, and then last year, they get a home game, Gay, um, which is 
I, I'd say it really matters, even if no fans were there, just because it's nice to have the players not have to get on a plane in order to get mm-hmm. home for Christmas. Um, so my general, my general sentiment is like, if you want to give the Bucks a a lesser opponent on Christmas Day, I'm all for it, right? Because look, I, 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 it's Christmas Day, right? Uh, I want to be able to turn turn on the TV, watch the Bucks win a basketball game, go about the rest of my day with a smile on my face. I don't want to have them play some super high stress game against a great team. You'll save that for like a Thursday ESPN or t- Thursday TNT game or something like that in the middle of the season. Uh, Christmas, I just, I, I, I don't want a loss to, to, to kind of put a shadow over Christmas. So I'm a little weird maybe in that regard. Um, I actually, I will say this. I, I think the Celtics should be pretty good this year. I mean, you know, they've, they've made a number of moves. They just extended Marcus Smart, who is always annoying and for some reason can defend Giannis about as well as anybody um, around right now, which is just super annoying because Marcus Moore is the most aggravating basketball player. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think the Celtics should be pretty good. I mean, they got rid of their, their bum coach, Brad Stevens, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, Kemba Walker is gone, but, um, you know, they still have smart. We'll see what Dennis Schroeder can bring um, with him, him being brought in the fold. You're going to recycle Evan Fournier into Josh Richardson. And, you know, most importantly, I mean, you do because they're to kind of give them a fresh start as a head coach. So I don't know. I mean, I think the Celtics, I, I, I never really understood why the Celtics were that bad last year. Um, we'll see, I guess, you know, kind of what they are this year. But uh, certainly I will hope for a, a big win because, you know, as someone who lived in Boston for 15 years, nothing is more enjoyable than um, seeing sad Celtics fans. Um, I guess now seeing sad Nets fans would, would, would be better. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, these, the, the Celtics and Bucks at least have like some recent history with, you know, a couple of playoff series going against each other. Um, Boston obviously was disappointing last year, but, um, you know, they should, they sh- should be better than they were. I think they're, you know, I would, I would probably pick them maybe fifth in the East with the possibility of, of sneaking up a spot or two. So um, we'll see kind of where, where everybody is a couple months into the season, but um, you know, good matchup and whatever, even though it's an afternoon game. Whatever. I don't I don't need my Christmas evening to, to be, you know, bucks. I'm I'm okay with the early afternoon game. And again, I feel like people just people always sort of turn these more into like discussions about respect and things like that. And I don't know, whatever. Bucks love rings on their fingers at that point. So I'm I'm not that stressed. <laughs> yeah, well, I did joke on Twitter that this was a Christmas gift from the league to Chris Milton to give him the Boston Celtics on Christmas, which is just, you know, really lovely from the league there. So, uh, of course, we, we love beating the Celtics. Hopefully the Bucs can, uh, can play well there. And the last really note I've got on the schedule before we move on to this Brook Lopez conversation is uh, just some other dates that we have. So the Bucks open scrimmage uh, October 3, and then they've got five preseason games, which is a little bit too much for me, but they're starting October 5. They're at Memphis, then at Brooklyn. Then they're at home against the Thunder. Then they travel to Utah. And then they're back home against Dallas. So, I don't know. I mean, five games of preseason, probably a little bit too much for me. But the, the main point is that that's October 3. So, by my count, and I'm doing this right now off the top of my head, I think that's about 46 days, 45, 46 days, something around that mark until the open scrimmage. Obviously, training camp will be a little bit before that. Uh, so, it, it's, it, it's going to be here. It's going to be here very, very quickly. October 3rd, the open scrimmage. We always enjoy it. We watch it. We, we you know, whatever, draw whatever we want to from that game. It's going to be a lot of fun, but it's right on our doorstop already. Yeah, it's funny because the, the Packers had their scrimmage thing um, 
recently, like in the last week. And like when being on Twitter during that, um, it's like crazy how much analysis all the Packers <laughs> writers do yeah. of like an inner squad scrimmage, like which I assume doesn't even have like tackling or anything. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, uh, I, I think, definitely you know that 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 scrimmage coming at the start of everything definitely makes it you know more interesting because literally we haven't seen any basketball since summer league at that point um and uh i don't you know i don't think it's particularly interesting for uh you know the likes of of seeing Giannis and, and chris because i think we kind of know what, what, what they're capable of but uh you know as a continuation of the guys that we saw in vegas and some of the young players in particular and some of the you know new faces um, I think it'll be interesting just, you know, to see guys like kind of Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale, you know, guys that are sort of maybe X factors is, is kind of overstating it, but guys whose roles are, could, could swing a fair bit. Like those guys could just not play or um, they could actually be kind of nightly rotation guys, you know, depending on, on how things go. So, you know, seeing some of those guys for the first time and kind of just like how bud, what, what's going to ask of them. And then um, of course, you know, seeing more of, uh, of Mamu and, um, and, and the young guys uh, that, that we've been watching here in Vegas um, that we've been joylessly watching <laughs> lose in <laughs> Vegas. Um, will uh, will of course also be just something, something to, to kind of keep an eye on. So, so yeah, open scrimmage October 3rd, let's, let's rock and roll. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, like it's just now everything too, just has this extra glow. Cause it's like, you know, the first scrimmage, a chance to welcome back the champions, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a cool, much cooler atmosphere this year relative to, to previous years just because of that. And, you know, the preseason game, same way, right? Every every game, I think hopefully Bucks fans will take as, a, as an opportunity to um, to pay their respect and gratitude to, uh, to last year's team and, and everything that they were able to give us. You know what time it is, Frank? It's built by time now where we are just continuing to celebrate freedom of choice. Ah, I love Bill Bar, Frank, you know that. And when you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites just like me. My favorite happens to be Coconut. Justin Garcia, not so much. Not a big Coconut fan, but that's okay. Because if you're not, there's plenty of other options for you to run through there. I've mentioned them before, but I'll go through a couple here. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Uh, they are all there. There's nine delicious flavors. If you don't know which one you uh, if you don't know which one you want, get a mix box. And uh, they're healthy for you too, which is obviously a pretty key ingredient. If you want a snack, you've got to be going with the Built Bar. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Just go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at Built.com. And... It's betonline.ag time. It never ends. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because that sport is not slowing down. Baseball season is in full swing. The Brewers are on a rampage. It would be a help if Christian Yalich could get going a little bit. Can we get this guy going? Let's get the MVPs of Wisconsin in, uh, in their best form heading towards the postseason. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's Bet Online, 
your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's jump to this question. It comes from Chase Balmire at CBMichael7 on Twitter. He says, with Lopez turning, with Brooke Lopez turning 34 in April, do you think the Bucks are looking to find a long-term replacement at center? Perhaps someone who matches up better against Brooklyn. If so, who are some of the options that intrigue you? Now, I'm not sure whether we have any options or you have any options or how you want to approach this, but I just thought it's, it is actually an interesting question. Now, for anyone that listened to uh, this podcast through the regular season, you'll probably realize the most angry I got, I think, was early in the season or halfway through the season when the, the hashtag trade Brooke was going around on Twitter, which still, to me, is one of the most ridiculous things. You guys still should be ashamed of that if you were tweeting <laughs> that stuff. I mean, it was just it didn't make sense at the time, and you all got proven wrong. So anyway, whatever. But Brooke Lopez, I do think moving forward, it's at least an interesting question to think, okay, well, what, what are the Bucks? going to do or what's going to be the plan of attack in terms of having this big guy there brooks been such a key piece to everything the bucks have done and quite honestly he's been an underutilized resource on offense which i think is interesting maybe that's going to be beneficial for him moving forward he's got two more uh full years left on that contract before he becomes a free agent and i remember when he signed it i mean we this was a discussion that was had okay this is going to take him to 35 36 years old what type of player will he be from there so i, I wouldn't imagine I could not possibly imagine that in a championship defense, in a championship defending year, given what he did in the postseason, given how reliable he's been in the playoffs, that there would be any thoughts to moving Brook Lopez uh, this season. But with two seasons left on the contract, it's it's at least, least interesting, particularly when you do look at the roster and you say, well, okay, Giannis is a big guy. He's going to play some minutes at the five. There's no doubt about that. But then you really only have Bobby Portis. So... Look, I don't think it's a bad question to think what the Bucks should do moving forward. But the one thing I'll say is this Bucks team without Brook Lopez, I mean, that's that is that is not some easy shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's interesting to to, to look um, just looking at his numbers last year. Um, you know, he puts up a fifty point three percent from the field overall, thirty four percent from three, twelve point three points um, a block and a half in the regular season played 70 games, 27 minutes a game. That goes to 29 minutes a game in the playoffs and averages 13 points a game on 55% shooting from the field, 32% from three, and again, of 1.5 blocks per game. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the concern was, oh, well, you know, are you going to be able to keep, is he going to get played off the floor, right? That That's always was like, it's always been the perpetual concern with Brooke Lopez. Um but, you know, I, I think when you look back at, at the playoffs, um, you know, he had some, he certainly had some up and down games against, uh, uh, against the Suns, right? Like his, his role kind of ebbed and flowed in, in the Phoenix series. You know, there were games where he was very important, games where he wasn't. Struggled um, in game ones, you know, like, my, like, like much of the Bucks. He had some rough game ones. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I think part of that was like figuring out like kind of tactically what the Bucks were going to do, like, you know, switching everything in game one. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still feel <laughs> I still feel like there's like a I, I still don't really know that 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 in and of itself really hurt the Bucks all that much. Um, but uh, you know, it, it was definitely uh, an, an interesting playoffs in the sense that um, you know 
game five against the Hawks obviously was massive the way he stepped up scoring 33 in Giannis's first game, the first game without Giannis, um, you know, and like game two, the way he played defensively after that game one uh, against the Hawks was, was terrific. And I think perhaps most importantly, you know, both for a series that did happen and a series that didn't, uh, he was hugely important against the Nets. And of course the Nets will play a little bit differently when all three of their key guys are healthy. Um, and, you know, again, does James Harden being fully healthy and Kyrie being fully healthy, does that make you want to switch more? Does that make you want to play drop more? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm really curious just to see kind of what the best matchups are going to end up being. Obviously, you don't have P.J. Tucker to throw at Durant this year. Um, so I think defensively there's some questions there. But uh, I think the most important thing is that, you know, as he has every postseason – he has shown that he's a guy that steps up and can be relied on. And again, maybe he's not a guy that you can play 30 minutes every night, but, um, but I mean, he came up huge in big moments for the Bucks throughout the playoffs, including game seven against the Nets. When what did he play 45 minutes in that game? Something around that, I think. Um, and you know, the huge block in overtime on Durant and finishes off with the game ceiling free throws uh, to beat the team that, he is still the all-time leading scorer of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so I, I would agree. I mean, Bud loves him. Um, Giannis loves him. Giannis loves, I think, playing with Brooke. I don't think Giannis has any desire to become a full-time center or something like that, uh, even though he certainly can be a really dangerous weapon deployed that way, as we saw, uh, especially in the finals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this year is is kind of a rinse and repeat type of year for the Bucs and you know they've been very lucky in that Brooke has stayed healthy um after you know some some early career foot problems you know again you just sort of knock on wood his durability has been pretty remarkable um and um you know I think you just you know that he was really valuable against the Nets last year and then if you have to play the Philadelphia 76ers you obviously don't want to have to play really small against the Sixers against Joel Embiid you really like having a guy of Lopez's stature um, to be able to kind of battle with him down low. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think just the way that the certainly the East continues to, to shape up, you know, in a heat matchup, I don't think we saw anything to suggest that the heat can play him off the floor. Um, so I, I think, you know, and, and, and even if you look out West, right. I mean, um, a team like the Lakers with how big that they like to play, if, if they came out of the West or, um, you know, the jazz came out of the West or, you know, whatever it might be, or obviously the Suns. we already saw that, um, you know, it's not like there's some existential crisis that any of those teams really cause you as far as being able to play Brook Lopez. So, um, you know, time will catch up with him, of course, at some point, but, um, you know, he's a really smart cerebral player. Uh, and it's not like he's, you know, relying on his athleticism much as is. So hopefully he'll continue to age well. And um, I think, you know, we'll have to kind of have this conversation again in a year. Um, yeah. You know, at that point, he'd be an expiring contract. And I think probably the other big thing is going into next offseason, um, Bobby Portis will opt out of his current cheap contract. And, um, you know, there may be an understanding that Bobby Portis is going to get uh, a big contract at that point, um, which could be a, a little over the full mid level. So that could be, you know, that would be over 10 million a year at that point. Um, 
Dante DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen will be free agents if they're on the team at that point. Um, and those guys, especially Dante, I mean, I think you would expect that Dante is, is healthy and playing back to what we saw last year for the injury that he would probably also be a guy commanding 10 million plus per year. So, you know, given the, the tax burden that that would uh, imply for the Bucks, you know, are you going to be carrying all these guys uh, on the roster long-term? Of course, I would say, uh, you know, the, the, the tax should not be the defining factor, whether you're not, you keep Brooke Lopez. I certainly hope it would not. But again, I think, um, you don't know, right? Especially if his play drops off. Um, you know, center is a position where you can oftentimes get by with with you know paying a lot less money and, and getting decent kind of inning eating type type of players. Uh, especially if you're ultimately going to rely heavily on Giannis playing center in the playoffs. Um, you know that 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 center position just becomes probably a little less important. So maybe that's an area that you know maybe the Bucks decide that they can. Um, you know, if Brooke really declines or two years from now when his contract expires, whatever it might be, um, maybe go a different direction. But but certainly, um, I, I agree with you. I think Brooke is definitely going to be with the team this year, barring some something very unforeseen. And, um, you know, I think the comfort level of how they play with him, um, you know, I don't I don't think the, the postseason in any way diminished kind of what their commitment to him should be or their comfort level kind of keeping him on the roster. So which is good because I, I love Brooke Lopez just as a dude. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy having him on the team. So try not to be too sentimental about it, but, um, but yeah, I think he's going to be around this season. And I think then you'll have to kind of re- re-examine it a little bit the following off season. And obviously I would love it if he stays, stays through his contract and then maybe he just comes back on a lower number as he kind of ages, maybe into a backup role or something like that. But um you know, I mean, this is this is kind of the the reality of the buck the Bucks are going to be facing, obviously, with a uh, a roster that, aside from Giannis, is is on the wrong side of thirty, and and certainly Brooke is, you know, probably the most important guy who you would expect to to you know be entering that that part of their careers where you expect a bit of that drop off. But with apologies to George Hill, who, you know, is is a uh, is a little older, but um, but is, is obviously not a starter. No, it's, it's a remarkable career to look at. Brook Lopez, just when you look at the overall stats, he's, you know, he's a chance, he's an outside chance uh, to, to cross 15,000 points uh, this season coming up, which obviously is a huge number. I still believe he's a franchise-leading scorer with Brooklyn, uh, which, is, which, is, which is a funny one there. But he, he was traded from Brooklyn, or sorry, he signed with the Lakers, and he was only 28 traded. at that point. Traded, was he? At, yeah, at that he was, point. Yeah. Um, so 28 years old. And then from that point on, he is a player that sort of feels like he's older than what he is. But I mean, he's had four straight years, hasn't crossed or really come that close to playing 30 minutes per game. And he's just been getting you 13-5 and a block and a half pretty much on repeat year after year. He's consistent. Uh, he's, he's Over the course of his career, he's really been managed minutes-wise going back to those injuries that he had earlier in his career. He's only topped 30 a couple of times in his career. So I, you know, you never know with these types of players if there's a drop out drop off about to come, but I would agree with you, particularly when it comes to the Embiid factor, we haven't faced, well, the Bucks haven't faced the Sixers yet in a playoff series, but it has to happen at some point. Right. And then I think um, you're going to want Brook Lopez there. So uh, I think it's a good question. I think it's something to, to keep on watch, particularly moving forward with financial stuff as Frank pointed to, but for now, for now, I'm, I'm not, too concerned. I'm just going to continue to bask in the glory of being right 
when it came to Brook Lopez <laughs> being a big factor in the playoffs. Uh, before that, isn't it isn't it isn't it funny that that he was basically just like a matching contract in that like there was an D'Angelo Russell trade right that that took Russell ah, to uh course. to to Brooklyn and yes. and Brook was kind of like well yeah ship him to to LA and I I feel like they the Lakers had to be like oh no we we really wanted Brook Lopez he's he's really useful and people were like yeah yeah whatever you know and uh, I mean he only only has that one year and then is out the door. The next, the next year, and and off to Milwaukee, which is one of those really fascinating kind of sliding doors things, right? Like if, given LeBron was was coming in that summer, that that Brook leaves, um, it seems like kind of a no brainer, you know, to have Brook Lopez playing with LeBron. Um, and I mean, if that doesn't happen, right? If the Lakers just offer him something, uh, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, how how the Bucks whole trajectory might have been different because really that you know you look back on the difference between kind of the the 17 18 teams and the 18 19 teams i mean the two big differences were mike budenholzer and and brooke lopez right and um you know I'd, I'd say both those guys deserve a lot of credit for the huge turnaround from uh from jason kidd and <laughs> well let's, let's think about this right you think about the big men that they had before brooke lopez so four centers that come to my mind uh, immediately from previous iterations of teams that make the playoffs that are no longer in the league. So Tyler Zeller, uh, Miles Plumley, Thon Maker, and John Henson. There's four centers that they had on playoff teams. None of them are in the league anymore. I don't think Tyler Zeller. Maybe he was with the Spurs for a little bit. But, that's, I mean, that, it wasn't exactly a strong point. Let's say that. Yeah, I'm actually curious if... Um, I, I think all those guys are younger than Brook Lopez, too. Um, just yeah. looking at it. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Tyler Zeller's uh, 30, uh, 31, it looks like. And um, obviously, uh, Henson and, and Maker are, um, are are younger than, well, you know, insert joke here with Thon. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just kind of remarkable. Um, you know, it just shows you with Brooke. I mean, it's, uh, he's just a really smart, skilled player. He's just a really unique player. And I think... Um, you know, there is, I think, even though, you know, his floor stretching is, you know, it's not like um, teams are are throwing, you know, face guarding him at the perimeter or something like that. I think teams are, you know, okay with, with him shooting threes to a, to a large extent, you know, relative to, you know, Giannis driving and things like that. But, um, but uh, to have a guy who can at least somewhat competently, you know, shoot the three ball, um, be skilled offensively, and also just be such an impact defender. Um, it's, you know, that, that's not, that, those guys are not available for, you know, the, you know, the minimum or something like that. You can get a lot, you can get pretty good center talent um, for very little money, but um, you know, I think there, there still is a premium played for, for guys that can do what Brooke does. And um, you know, he, he certainly could have, uh, I think potentially signed for more elsewhere, probably couple years back but fortunately uh you know he obviously really loved playing in Milwaukee and just one more reason why it's so cool to see the Bucks win a championship with him and you know as much as he struggled in like that first half I mean he had a run there in the third quarter of game six right where I mean he had that huge dunk and um you know made a couple plays and and that was that was big I mean especially you look back on it like every bucket they got in that game they, they really needed every free throw from Giannis everything was important and um you know, just just cool to see kind of the, the Brooke, Brooke Lopez experience come full circle in that regard. All right, let's leave it there for now. Oh, we didn't 
we didn't we didn't talk about uh, Alex Adetokounmpo uh, no. being the the fourth champion oh, yes. of uh, of the Adetokounmpo brothers. He was on the Kings the Kings team, Kings Summer League team that uh, took home the the Vegas championship tonight. So I saw he tweeted out a picture of himself with the uh, the <laughs> Vegas trophy. Um, unfortunately, Alex did not score a point <laughs> in Vegas. So. Um, you know, maybe maybe the the Alex trajectory not not looking great right now. Um, but uh, you know, he'll be a pro player. Maybe not in the in, in the NBA, but uh, he'll certainly play basketball for a long time and make money doing it, whether it's in Europe or uh, or or elsewhere. But uh, but yeah, just the uh, the summer of the Adetokounmpo's man. They just just keep picking up hardware. Yeah, they were able to slow down Peyton Pritchard, which uh, no, not many people have had too much uh, too much luck with over the course of the summer so far. But hey, the, the Bucks will be dealing with Pritchard on Christmas Day, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch for sure. Uh, we've got heaps more questions to get through over the next few days and rolling into the next week. Uh, so we will get to yours, and you can continue to send them through as well. But we'll leave it there now for Frank and myself. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.